You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We are in the 10th and final week of a series called This Is Us. And this is a series where over the last about two and a half months, we have been teaching through our 10 values as a church. And these 10 values really answer the question, what makes us uniquely us as a church? In other words, our values really are our DNA and our values always determine our decisions. There's so much more than just phrases on a signs. They literally are like a compass that tell us where we should go and and what we should do. And so really my prayer for this series has been that not only would you learn about our values, but that you would adopt these values as your personal values, that you would begin to live your life through the filter of those values. And so really this whole series has been this big reminder as we enter into our fourth year as a church, it's been this reminder of guys, this is who God has called us to be. And so far we've talked about nine of our 10 values and they're gonna throw up a slide that has all nine of the values that we've already taught through. And if you missed any of those, I encourage you, you can watch those messages on our YouTube channel or you can listen to them on our audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But we talked through all nine of those values. And today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're gonna be talking about our 10th value in this series, and that is generosity is our privilege. If you wanna know why we're a generous church, why that we wanna go and provide Thanksgiving groceries for families in need, why we do a lot of the things that we do, is because generosity is our privilege. Privilege. And before I really say anything and dive into the content, I do want to address a very potential small elephant that may be right there in the room uh, in the corner. And that I understand that there's a lot of baggage and a lot of tension sometimes that can be around this topic, especially in church. And I get that. And many times it's for very good reason. I mean, there's been some shady stuff that has happened within that. And maybe you felt a certain way and you felt like, man, I've been emotionally manipulated. And there's been different times where I felt so much pressure and guilt and do that. But I want you to know, especially if you're new to our church, maybe you're here for the very first time and you're like, you're talking about what? No, get it. I get it. But I want you to know it's so important for you to know that our heart from day one of our church is to always have what I call a life-giving approach to generosity, where we don't wanna put this unnecessary pressure or guilt or this emotional manipulation on you, that our goal truly from day one has been to simply encourage you to ask God if and what you should give and then just simply be obedient. Honestly, that's our approach to everything is that I wanna do my very best job as a pastor to encourage you to hear the voice of God and whatever he says for you to do it. In the area of generosity, in the area of serving, in the area of anything is for you to hear God and to simply do whatever he says. In fact, our kind of generosity philosophy has has always been based out of this one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven, that says each of you, that means you and I, that we should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly 
or under compulsion. By the way, that phrase right there is why I refuse, and I refuse to let anybody who stands on this platform, I refuse to guilt you into giving. I think guilt is a horrible motivator. In fact, I'm trying to get the guilt off of you, not on you. And so it says, like, you should give what you have decided, not somebody twisting your arm into what to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. And I love this last part, for God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, God loves it whenever we are generous and we give with a big old smile on our face, that we get to give. We don't have to give, that generosity is our privilege. And just so you know, before I say anything today, today is not motivated by anything that we need. Nothing, we're good. We are doing just fine right now. In fact, I'm blown away by your incredible, faithful, consistent generosity. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. My only motivation, I promise you, is to help you. And that honestly is my motivation every single week. I just want to help you. And so today, what I wanna do is I wanna take a look at one specific verse in Acts chapter 20, where Jesus himself says this in verse 35. He says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, this is what's known in theology as a spiritual law of paradox. And the spiritual law of paradox is just simply a biblical truth where God's way seems to be the exact opposite of what we would naturally think or the exact opposite of what often is the message of culture. And theologian G.K. Chesterton, he said that a paradox, one of these paradoxes, is truth standing on its head, waving its legs to get our attention. And the Bible is actually full of these paradoxes. Here, here's, here's a few examples that Jesus is fully 100% God and Jesus is fully 100% man. Now, I don't know how that math works and if I try to think about it too much, my brain kind of turns into a pretzel, but that's truth, it's a paradox. Another one is that God is three in one and he is one in three. It's the theological doctrine of the Trinity. Another one is that if you want to be first, actually be last. That if you want to be great, how about this one? You must become a servant. We talked about that last week. How about this one? That the Bible says that when you are weak, then you are strong. And then what about this one? This one absolutely blows me away. That if you truly want to live, you must die to yourself. And all these spiritual paradoxes, Jesus just throws another one in in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, where he says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that does not make sense because a lot of times we think, no, 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 I'll try that out. Bless me by giving to me, like I want to receive. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, it's actually as good as it is to get something, it's even better to give it. In fact, that word blessed in the original Greek word is this word makarios, which literally means happy. So Jesus is saying that you're gonna be happier when you focus on giving, not getting. Now, here's what's so interesting, is that if you just go and look a little bit, you will find that right now there's all these studies 
that are out there where researchers and psychologists and sociologists and a whole bunch of other ologists have discovered that scientifically that generous people are happier than people who aren't generous. And I don't know about you, man, I love it when science catches up to what Jesus already said about 2,000 years ago. And he says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You'll be happier when you focus on giving and not getting. Proverbs 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 25 puts it this way, that the generous will prosper, that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Now that word prosper, a lot of times can have some baggage around it in church, but let me make this clear. It doesn't mean more money. Like this is not saying, hey guys, be generous and God in response to your generosity will make you healthy and wealthy. Like that's not what this says. There's actually a term for that called the prosperity gospel. And I just want you to know, we do not buy into that. We do not give to get, we get to give. There's a very big difference. So this verse is not talking about like you will accumulate more things and more stuff and more wealth if you're generous, which by the way, let me just go ahead and say, that's not wrong either. Like there's another teaching that's out there that's called the poverty gospel that says for you to follow Jesus, you actually can't have anything and it's wrong to do that. Well, we don't buy into that extreme either, but some people may say, yeah, but like Pastor Brian, doesn't it say something in the Bible that money is the root of all evil? Nope. In fact, it's, here's what it says. Here's what you're thinking of. It's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, not that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. In other words, it's not wrong to have money. It's wrong for money to have you. There's a big difference. So in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, that word prosper, make sure we're on the same page. It doesn't mean more money. Here's what it literally means in the original Hebrew. It means, get this, I love it, to be pushed forward. That's what it means, to be pushed forward. So let me ask you a question, church. Would it be okay if God pushed your life forward? Would it be okay if he pushed your relationships forward, your marriage forward, your family forward, would it be okay if God, get this, if he pushed your dreams forward? Would it be okay if he pushed your career forward? Now this verse says that, man, that's connected to having a generous heart. And that's not just money, that's our, that's our time, that's our energy. That's being, we're generous people in all areas of our life and that pushes us forward. In the message paraphrase, in the verse before, in Proverbs eleven twenty four, it says this, I love this. It says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And this morning when I was doing my final prep, um, I get up super early and I read through and I'm praying and sometimes God will give me just something and the picture that he gave me was hoarders. How many of you ever seen shows? So it's like hoarders, people that just gather a bunch of stuff and it's kind of a, like a OCD type thing and we get a lot of stuff. Start, think, think about hoarders. Think about when they have all this stuff, they never give away anything. It's all about collecting everything. Think about this, think about this, literally and figuratively. Think about how small their world is. <laughs> and, and God says, no, 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 you wanna have a large life? 
May you be generous. Don't hoard everything together. No, that makes your life small. But whenever you're generous, your world keeps getting bigger and bigger. Now, for the rest of our time today, I'm trying to preach fast. Uh, because I want to give you three ways that inside of this church, if you're looking for ways to be generous, if you're looking for ways for your life to keep getting larger and larger, I want you to know three specific ways today that you can be generous. And I'm going to fly through these. Here's number one is what I just call percentage giving or tithing. And this is what I like to call intentional giving. This is generosity that is planned, that is budgeted, that is chosen in advance to do this. You're not stumbling into this. This is generosity that is motivated, get this, it's generosity that is motivated by obedience, not by emotion or not by need. It is 100% motivated by obedience. It's the type of generosity that Isaiah chapter 32 verse 8 talks about that says, but generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity, even when things come up against it. No, we're going to stand firm in our generosity. And one of the best ways to do that is what the Bible calls tithing. Now, a few years ago, I did a message that I, that I entitled, What in the World is Tithing? Because maybe you didn't grow up in church and you're like, I've never really understood what that is. And what is it? And so I encourage you to go back, listen to that message. I think it'll really help you. But here's my simple working definition of tithing. It's returning. It's not giving. It's returning because you can't, you can't give what's not yours. Um, it's returning the first 10% of your income to God through your local church, which allows him to bless the rest. And by the way, that just like everything in following Jesus, if, if you're new to being a Christian, I want you to know everything requires faith, including that everything. Because that is believing in faith that God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. And maybe right now you're at a place, maybe financially, where you can't do 10%. Maybe things are a mess and you need to get a place where, man, your finances are more in order. Let me just say this. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Start somewhere. That's why I say be a percentage giver. Make it something that is planned, something that can work within where you're at right now. Start 1%, 3%, 5%, but maybe have a goal to one day to eventually tithe. But please hear me. Do not miss the whole point behind this principle that God gave us, which, by the way, he doesn't need. It's all his. He's good. He doesn't need anything. The streets are still made of gold. Like he's good. This is, not about, this is not about money. It's about your heart. And so you need to know the whole point. Please listen to this. It is the most tangible way, I think, to trust God and the most tangible way to put God first in your life. Because tithing is not just 10%. Tithing is the first 10%. It's the first thing before anything else. It's saying, God, I trust you and I choose to put you first in my life. And I've been following Jesus now for over two decades. And let me just tell you, the most practical, best way that I have found, more than going to church, more than getting up and reading my Bible, the most practical way that I found that settles in my heart to put God first is tithing. And so that is one way that generosity can be your privilege in this church where your world can keep getting larger and larger. Here's the second way, and that is our legacy offering, our legacy offering. By the way, that's happening in three weeks from today. 
And so you can already right now that that is coming on, on our Legacy Sunday, which will be December 4th. And I invite you to participate in this. This is a, if you're new to our church, this is a special once a year offering. That's the only one we do all year. That's over and above our normal giving. And what makes it so special is that we give 100% of it away to make a massive difference um, and to leave a lasting legacy. And that's why we do it. And so, by the way, normally we always give 10% away every week. Every, every sing, everything that's given, 10% goes out the doors to be able to help people and bless people. In fact, if you come to Legacy Sunday, I'll even share more details of where that's going so you can know how we're making an impact and leaving a legacy around the world. But on this Sunday, like what's different is that 100% of it will go to be able towards different vision and mission initiatives. And God's opened up so many doors for us to be generous. I can't wait to share more about it. But it's not only in our city, but it's around the world. And the more that's given on that day, the more people that we can help. So I personally invite you to be a part of our legacy offering December 4th, three weeks from today. And why do we tell you so far in advance? So that you know it's coming so that you can pray, so that you can ask God, God, how do you want me and my family to be able to be a part of that day? So that's why we tell you, and just like everything else, be obedient to whatever God tells you. That's the second way that you can be generous in our church. And then the third way, and I'm so excited to share about this today, is what we call one child sponsorships. And today I'm letting you all know of our newest ministry partner is this ministry called One Child. And their mission is really to bring hope to children that are in hard places all around the world. And over the next few minutes, I I can't wait to let you know about this amazing ministry, hear more about it, and hear how we as individuals and as a church can play an active role in what God is doing around the world. And so that our world, get this, just keeps getting larger and larger and larger. So to learn a little bit more about this ministry. I want you to check out the screen and watch this video. Dear God, this is Lionel from Zimbabwe. Thank you for always listening to my prayers. I know you hear me. And I know you love me. We don't have much, and life can be very difficult where we live. But I want to thank you for helping my mom and me. When you brought one child matters into our community a few years ago, it changed everything. They gave me food, good clothes to wear, and they helped me in school. When I am there, I learn more about you, that you love me, and that you have a special purpose for my life. I'm learning so much, and now I have so many friends. I am no longer shy or afraid. But the best thing of all, is that you gave me a sponsor in America that loves me. She even sends me pictures of her and her family. And I love reading her letters. They always make me smile. 
She cares for me and my mom, and she's always praying for us. She may live very far away, but she is always in my heart. I love her. Today I sent a letter to her and included a drawing of my plane. It is so fast and can fly very far. And this is good because one day I want to be a pilot so that I can fly all the one child let his children with me to meet our sponsors. We want to tell them thank you and show them they are changing the world. Please God, can you help my dream come true? I love you, Lionel. Come on, how amazing is Lionel right here, man? Hey, church, while you're clapping your hands, why don't you welcome my good friend, Brandon Ramey from One Child that's with us today. So grateful that you're here. And Thank you. um, uh, we've known each other for a few years and I'm so excited to have you here. And before we do anything, I would love for you to tell us just a little bit more about One Child. Like what's the history? What's the, uh, the mission, the vision for people that maybe have never heard of One Child? What, what do they need to know? Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor to be here. It's a little colder than Houston, but you know, uh, such a privilege. And yeah, so One Child, for those of you who don't know, we've actually been around for 60 years. We started in India, and over the course of 60 years, we've expanded into 14 countries. And we work with kids in really difficult places. And so what that really means is we work with kids in poverty. We work in with kids that are geographically difficult to get to. Uh, we work with kids in places where it's just really hard to get access to hear about Christ, his love and purpose and design for their life. And so what we do is we work with these kids by working through the local church. We work through local pastors and we work through the church because we want, when kids come in from the community, we want that church to be a city on a hill, but we really want Jesus to be the hope of every child's story. And so as we work through the local church, that's where all of the programmatic happens, the programmatic work. And what that, what that program looks like is kids come in from the community and they get access. They get access to opportunity, right? So they get a nutritious meal. They get something to not just fill their belly, but actually has nutrients and it's good for them. They get to come and get education. So whether it's tuition or books or uniforms, they get access to be able to go to school, to get the education, to get beyond wherever maybe their family has gotten to, right? To break generations of cyclical poverty. Um, they get to get medical care. So checkups, uh, dental work, all that kind of stuff is included, as well as being surrounded by a group of people that we call child champions, really anybody who champions children across the globe, you, them, they work with the kids. So just like your dream team are helping care for your kids right now, if you have kids in our kids area, um, our workers on the ground, our uh, child champions, they get to be the ones who love on the kids, who are the hands and feet expressing uh, Christ's love to them by caring for them, doing home visits, making sure that the program is actually happening. And most importantly, they get to hear about Christ. They get to, about, they get to hear about his love, uh, his purpose, that he's created them, he's called them, and that they have dignity and that they have value. So when you saw Lionel's story, like Lionel, like I said earlier, he's not a, he's not a paid child actor, first off, all right? So 
he's actually a real child who's been in our program. And his story is really just one story of many stories that I could sit up here and tell you about, about what it's like to be a child in difficult places. I could tell you about a really tragic story about a little girl in the Philippines who at three years old, she was sold into trafficking, sex trafficking. And the worst part is she was sold by her mom, right? Because whatever it takes to survive was the, the mindset. I could tell you about Sandeep, uh, who's a little boy in India, who would walk by a school every day, dreaming of just being able to go to school, but not having the access to do that. And, and the reality is that that's hopelessness, right? That's despair, the idea that this is my life, and this is my story, and this is all my story will ever be. And for many kids in poverty, that's the voice in their head. This is your life. This is who you are. This is how it's always going to be. Nobody cares. Nobody's thinking about you. But what we get to do because we work through local churches, because Jesus is the hero of every story, that's not where their story ends. So no matter what they've experienced or what's been done to them, they get to realize that Jesus came to die for them, that they were created by God. He died for them and he has called them. And so that creates hope in their life, that tomorrow can look different than yesterday. And that allows them to dream about who do they want to become. So Lionel wants to be a pilot. And the kids that I mentioned, Sandeep actually works for us now. He's, uh, he works with our donor relations. And so he is making a difference in, in his life. And that little girl, she was able to now realize her dignity, realize her value. And she has been rele- basically released from those bondages. And she's completely living free now. But yes. that's not done without sponsors like you, churches like Queen City, and people who believe in the mission moving forward. That's awesome. I, I've actually been connected to this amazing ministry for about a decade, and I've been able to see with my own eyes one of these hope centers, and it is life-changing things. And I know that you mentioned sponsorships, and that's really what we want to focus today on uh, in, in starting this partnership. But the truth is, some people may not know what that means, mm-hmm. because maybe you've even gone to an event Or maybe you've been to a concert where somebody got up and they talked about child sponsorships and and what that is. But like what specifically makes a child sponsorship through one child? What does that look like? What's something that makes that a little bit different and unique? Yeah. So for us uh, today, uh, when you walked in, maybe you saw the stands and all the profiles. So what's what's really cool is all the kids that are here today with us uh, represented by the profiles. They're coming from two countries, either Ethiopia or the Dominican Republic. And the reason that's important is because Queen City has raised their hand to say, not only do we believe in what you guys are doing, but we want to partner where you want us to partner and where our heart beats. And so all the kids are coming from these communities so that Queen City can develop a long-term vision strategy. So it's not just a one-time moment, right? So it's a deeper connection. That connection is that the church is connecting to these pastors, these churches, these communities, championing these kids. And you get to be a part of that through sponsorship by raising your hand to say yes to sponsor a child, which means that when Queen City decides to, hey, we're going to Ethiopia, we're we're going to the Dominican Republic, which is going to happen because part of our talks has been, we want to go see you can jump on a plane instead of Lionel having to fly here, you can fly there and you can go see the kids. You can put your own feet to the ground and this doesn't have to just be a picture on a fridge. It can be an actual child, a person, a family, a community. You can go see. And that's really the beauty. It's not just a short-term moment. It's long-term vision with opportunities to go see, to visit, and to integrate the life of what sponsorship is really designed to do into your life. Now, You need to know this, especially if you call this church home. Guys, we are called by God to make a difference. 
We are called to be generous, but not just here in our church and in our city, but around the world. And so to do that, we have to have ministry partners. And so we take that very seriously. It's been very intentional. Every time that we talk, we're using the word partnership because that's what it is. We're partnering together to make a difference in the lives of so many different people. And so we take that very seriously. So we literally, we do a lot of vetting with all our ministry partners because it's so important to our team for our mission dollars and the things that we, that we do to make a difference that it's not just given, but that it's invested into good places in places that we know that are lined up to our vision and values and what we're trying to see. It's literally like, think of it this way. We want to sow like seed into good soil that produces a great result. And what I've been able to discover is that this organization, this ministry provides a really great result. And here's the more that I've learned. And here's what I'm so excited about as the pastor of this church, as we really start and begin this official partnership together, is that I personally love that everything that this ministry does is connected through a local church in the countries that they are in. I love that because not only is this providing kids with, with food and education and medical care, which it is, but they're also getting Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that fires me up to be able to know that we're making an eternal difference, that we're not just feeding people, but that we're feeding people in Jesus' name. Yeah. And so I'm so excited about that, but I'm also excited that we have the opportunity, like Brandon said, to be able to make a long-term impact. We are already planning through ways to make a difference. In fact, one of our legacy projects that we're going to do is through one of the hope centers that we're already connecting with. And so to where we can say, hey, how can we make a difference, not just individually, but together? As, as a church to make a difference and go and visit. Like this isn't a one-time weekend thing. Let's great, let's sponsor some kids. No, this is gonna be the, in part of what we do in a long-term relationship and connection. So the final question I have, Brandon, is, okay, cool. Thanks for letting us know all that stuff. So, what's the, so what? Like what can we do today to get involved? What can we do today to leave this place and to start to make an impact? Yeah, so like I mentioned, you know, out in the lobby, we've got the profile stands. And the thing is, if you look at that stand and you look above it, it says Queen City people, Queen City Church. And the reason that's important is, again, because I, I am here with one child, but this is not my day. This is your day. This is the opportunity for you because it's your church. It's your communities. It's the kids that you're directly working with that you have the opportunity to sponsor. And so out there, you'll see packets like this. This is Gillette. Um, It says their age, you know, their birth date, and then what country they're from right here. And so really, once you pick out a profile, you can read a little bit about their story. Gillette actually lives with her mom. Her mom is an agricultural worker, and she actually has seven siblings. And so you can read a little bit about their story. And then this next part, this is the part where it's like practical, right? This is all the practical stuff. This is the part you fill out. And you'll see above here, there's two options. There's a $39 option and a $45 option. The $39 is that cost of sponsorship. The extra $6 that makes that 45 number, that helps go, goes towards our unsponsored children's fund. So if Gillette doesn't get sponsored today, we don't remove Gillette from our program, but we do try to find her another sponsor or a sponsor, um, but to keep her in the program, that's what that extra uh, $6 goes towards. And the reason all this is important, because you need to know that there is a cost to sponsorship, right? Um, 
but that cost helps cover medical care, nutrition, education. It's the access to the opportunity that we talked about. And, and here's the, the better thing, though, that there is a power to sponsorship, and that's relationship. The power to sponsorship is truly relationship. And so, you know, there's a thing here in the States whenever somebody adopts a child or even adopts a pet, apparently, uh, it's called the gotcha date, right? And it's a big thing. It's like the gotcha date. This is the date that we were able to adopt. Well, we're not actually adopting children, but we are sponsoring children. And so today is the get to date for us. I get to sponsor. I get to allow God to weave not only his story into my life, but I get the opportunity to allow my life story to be woven into the story of somebody else. That's relationship. So when I'm praying for my meal, I'm praying for Gillette's meal. When I'm thinking about my day and my frustrations, I'm reminding myself that maybe Gillette and her family have had some frustrations. And I'm, I'm presenting them to God as well. I'm thinking about them. I'm reminding myself. So I'm on mission literally every month, every day. I get the opportunity to realize that this life is beyond me and it's more than me. So if you're a parent today, um, just like your kids are being ministered to right now because we believe in them, and we know that God has a calling on them. The beautiful thing about sponsorship is that Gillette is not an object of our benevolence. She is an agent on mission with us to change her community and her family. And we believe that. We believe that Gillette has the opportunity to be a difference maker in her family and her community. So the Dominican Republic, so Ethiopia, these kids can change their country for the better because of who God is in them. And so if you're a parent today, bring your kids along and let them help pick. I know that's what you did, Pastor Brian, with your family. You brought your, your sons along and they were able to help pick out. And then after you pick and sponsor, pray with them. When you tuck your kids in at night, think about Gillette. When you're thinking about your meal with them. And if you're single today, this is a great opportunity to get outside of ourselves as single people because we're thinking really just about our life and what we're doing in our career path and, you know, looking for that next spouse or, or the spouse, you know, and so, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. And so the, the great thing for you is that you can actually sponsor a kid and let them be a part of your life, be a part of your rhythm as you're driving to work. And so the power to sponsorship is beyond the cost. It's relational, it's writing letters, it's taking trips to go see, to visit, and I just think it's a beautiful opportunity to just see God not only in our world, but allow God to work through our world to reach somebody else's. That's good. Now, our church, our goal today, just so you know, is 100 kids sponsored. And, uh, and they're all from those two countries mm -hmm. that God put on our heart in the Dominican Republic and Ethiopia. And uh, knowing that this day was coming, Heather and I have been praying, and we really felt it was heavy on our heart to really invite our kids into this process uh, because we wanted to use this as a way to teach our kids about generosity and the fact that our generosity can literally make a difference all around the world. And so this morning, uh, before church started, we actually had uh, our two boys. We have two, two, two boys, Jordan and Caleb, and uh, they're 11 and 8. And we all gathered together out before church started, and we're like, okay, boys, Here's your assignment. We're going to sponsor one of these kids, but I want you to pray. And I want you to see if God puts any of these children on your heart when you're looking at these, these packets. And so they went and did that. My oldest son, he's very literal. So he literally started praying just right there in the lobby. God, I just asked that you would speak to me and that you would, like, in your heart, buddy, in your heart. Um, <laughs> 
And so, but he did. And so he started going around and by the grace of God, you know, it's a miracle because we landed on one. And, um, and so we were able to do that. So our family is going to sponsor Telosa, uh, who is a, a little boy who's 10 years old from Ethiopia. And we're so excited to be able to, to do that. And all I want you to do is I want you to do the same exact thing that we did this morning is to pray again, zero pressure. Uh, our value, generosity is our privilege. Like we don't have to, we get to. But I do want to unapologetically ask you to ask God, what should our involvement be today? Maybe you are a family and you want to involve your kids. Maybe you got like a bunch of roommates and none of y'all got enough money to do it. But when you put it together, come on, you can do it. And maybe it's like you share Netflix passwords. Hello, you know, come on. <laughs> And, you know, like that's, it's just, I just want to encourage you to pray and ask God. And we want to actually give you some time to do that today. So we're going to end a little bit different. But before we get to there, I, I do want you to know this verse. And here's something that, that God put on my heart yesterday when I was thinking about, here's what we get a chance to do. These are words of Jesus. And he says this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 5. He says, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf, is, wel is welcoming me. And that's what we have the opportunity to do. And when we do, I promise you, our world, as we're generous, gets a little bit larger and larger. Church, can you do me a favor and clap your hands and thank Brandon Ramey for being with us. Thank you guys so much. Hey, real quick also, if you do take a profile, make sure you fill it out and turn it in and don't take the profile without doing that. Yes, got to do that today. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to get in trouble. Today. Thank you, guys. We'll have that place in the lobby as soon as we're done. Now, before we end, um, I, I, I do want to share one thing that's on my heart. And uh, I've been trying this week to kind of workshop a working definition of generosity. And here's the best I could come up with. Is that generosity is giving more than what is required. When we're talking about that generosity is our privilege, here's what we're saying. We're saying that giving more than what is required is our privilege. But the question is, why? Why would that be our privilege? Why would we ever wanna be people who give more than what is required? And here's why. Because we want to be like our God. Let me give you a little news flash. Our God that we serve, that we worship is a generous God. He gives over and above more than what is required. And there's no greater example of this than Jesus. In fact, the most well-known verse in all the Bible, the one that you'll see at sporting events on signs is all about generosity. It's all about the extravagant generosity of our God. And this is what John 3, 16 says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. By the way, love is always the greatest motivator for giving. And he says, God loved me and you so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I'm Talk about giving more than what is required. And he did that. Yeah, he did that just for the chance to, that you would receive him and have a relationship with him. He wasn't even guaranteed it. He did it just for the chance. And so today, we do have an opportunity to be generous. Like we have a tangible opportunity. We're gonna give you that in just a moment. 
you're going to have a chance to go out there and to be able to pray and ask God and maybe respond if God leads you to do that. But I want to make this crystal clear as we end. Is that we can be generous. We can be people who give more than what is required. We can tithe. We can be a percentage giver. We can give at the legacy offering. We can do that in ways maybe that stretch us in our generosity comfort zone than we've ever done before. We can do all those things. We can go and sponsor a child from Ethiopia for the Dominican Republic today. But church, let's make sure that this is crystal clear that we can do all those things We can be generous. Generosity can be our privilege. But no matter how much we give, may we never forget this perspective that we can never, ever, ever, ever outgive God. Ever. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And before we end today, let's take just a moment to hear God. That's what we're trying to do today. we're We're trying to create an environment for you to hear God. I know that there's things that we gotta get to, but take just a moment to clear your mind, clear your heart, and just simply pray this prayer. God, what are you saying to me today? What does my response need to be to this message? How do you want me to respond? What are you saying to me? Maybe ask him this, is there a next step in my generosity that I need to take today? And all we want you to do is to ask God and whatever he tells you, be obedient. Do whatever he tells you to do. But maybe you're here today and before you give anything, your response needs to be to receive. Maybe you need to receive the free gift of grace. Maybe you find yourself at church today, you're watching online. And right now, you know that you do not have a right relationship with God. The way that you get right in your relationship with God is not by giving. You don't give to get, it's by receiving. It's by receiving the free gift of grace that God provided through Jesus on the cross. That's how we receive right relationship with God. That's how we receive forgiveness for our sins. That's how we're made right with God is not by giving, but by receiving. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you have in the past, but you find yourself here and you are so far from God. And today you need to walk out of this place knowing that I have recommitted my life to Jesus. And we wanna give you that opportunity. We're not gonna make you come forward. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way but I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And I just wanna know if you're here and you know that that's your response today, you know that I cannot leave this place, I can't go give anything until I receive and I get right with God, whether that's for the first time or it's all over again. If you're here and that's you, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to put your hand up in the air and say, that's me. Would you include me in that prayer? If you're here, and that's you, count of three. Boldly put your hand up in the air. One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand up in the air. I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. Anybody else, anybody else? Yeah, 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 I got you. It's awesome, proud of you. You can put your hand down. Pray something like this in your heart. Just mean it. Say, Jesus, I love you, I need you. 
I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside of me? And will you do what I can't do myself? And will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I give you my whole life. I give you everything. And today I receive your grace and your fresh start. And today I choose to follow you. We thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, there were some people that just made the greatest decision of their life. Can you clap your hands? Come on and tell them how excited you are for them. It's awesome. Never gets old. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.